Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 4, Episode 57. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today I'm joined by Craig McLeish, who many of you will know as the musical director of Young Voices. And um, I thought it'd be fantastic to get a behind-the-scenes idea of, um, of his background um, and a behind-the-scenes idea for you, for people that have actually been involved with the thousands of people who've been involved at Young Voices and, and some of the other projects that he's involved in. So, Craig, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much for asking me. So, um, yeah, let's um, first of all start off with a little bit about your background, how you got into music and why it's such a passion for you. Yeah, um, it was kind of a bit out of my control when I was seven. Uh, some teacher who was an am- amateur opera singer um, heard me singing the hymns in assembly at school, at a primary school, and suggested to my parents that I, that I tried for um, a choir school. And they suggested St Paul's Cathedral. And we didn't really know that that was a thing you know, that you could do, you know. And I I got in and um, they sent me off for five years. I thought it was the worst mistake. The first day they thought it was the worst mistake <laughs> for me. I was bawling my eyes out. Uh, age seven in a strange place with 37 other boys. So that's all there was in the school. 38 boys and three teachers and a matron in the middle of London. I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> different, difficult, different, weird environment for that. But Absolutely. you get used to it, you know, and it's an, just an incredible experience singing every day for five years and after one year they put you in the choir and you're a professional and while I was there I was very lucky that um, Barry Rose arrived um, in 1973 um, a, and uh, basically revolutionized the sound of the choir and we were world class by in within a year and so I had three great years with him and then he took it on further from that sure and my brother joined and he got all the money from all the, the <laughs> Russell Harty <laughs> programs and the, the recordings. But I had a lot of fun and it was an incredible musical experience. And you just soak it up at that age. You don't know you're doing it. You're learning to sight read and you're learning to harmonize and you're learning a love of music and, and particularly choral music. You know. And that just becomes an integral part of, like I say, of what you know, which is almost by osmosis. You're there, you're learning it, you're, in, you're exposed to I it. I guess. All. And only other really other choristers who've been through that will totally understand what I'm talking about yeah and so and so where did you go from there how long were you there for um well it's five years so I was um, head chorister for the silver jubilee uh, year 1977 which places me on the age gap <laughs> and <laughs> and uh and then went to Dulwich College um where uh, where was some good music going on but I didn't make full use of it I will admit um having been at St Paul's Cathedral and being able to sight read virtually anything, I I uh, didn't go to enough choir rehearsals, and I used to basically write rock songs and do jazz with some friends on the side, and then turn up for the concerts. <laughs> Which I I'm very sorry, Mr. Morgan, I did I didn't attend all your rehearsals, but I did the O level and the A level music thing there, and then that took me up to York University. I tried for Cambridge, but uh, failed miserably because I, for some reason, tried to um, <clears throat> enter as, as a French student. Right. Because <laughs> <clears throat> I, I was in an A set and I thought I was, no one gave me any careers advice at, at school. I thought I'll do French uh, because I can, I, I'm good at it. I got an A and then I'll do music as a sort of hobby. I mean, don't know what I was talking about. Um, went to Cambridge, failed a ridiculous French interview where I spoke no French at all. 
um, and but met a wonderful guy called Peter Lahure, and those uh, other choristers and other people, church singers, will know him as an, a wonderful editor of Bird, Gibbons, Tompkins, Purcell anthems <coughs> and services. Um, and he and he gave me all the advice, and he said, "Well, you want to don't do French, do music, don't do it here, you'll hate it. Go to somewhere like York." So he basically mapped 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 me out, and unfortunately died very soon after that. So I wasn't able to thank him for doing that, but that's what happened. And it's amazing how these people in your life are just so integral, aren't they? You don't necessarily oh. know where they're going to come from or what that conversation is, but they're they're just <coughs> the most completely. important thing, you know. And then Wilf Mellers at York had he was actually just about to leave, but I did meet him, and he'd set up this wonderful. Um, uh, course up at York uh, which was virtually entirely practical he managed to sort of um, <laughs> uh, avoid any necess- necessity for, for exams and, and, and essays and that sort of thing we did a few but not too many it was all practical it was like a wonderful uh, three years of then doing music so it was just and that variety um, just uh, it appealed to me you know we did African music we did Javanese gamelan obviously the orchestral and the choral stuff, electronic music, jazz, and all sorts of things. And then I did some rock and pop on the side. So um, that was a, another another three years of intense kind of musical uh, gathering, you know. Then I went to London to do one year at the Guildhall on an early music course where I played lute and viol and sang um, because I had a love of that sort of music as well. But while I was there, um, other th- opportunities arose. There was a, There's a jazz course there. I did some writing for them. Um, and I was copying, um, copying music because that was still pre-computers, would you believe? 1985, right. 86. And um, I was in a team of copyists somehow that worked on all the music in the West End and all the TV stuff. It's a wonderful guy called George Bamford. And he worked in a little tiny basement office in King's Cross. And I'd come down on my bike and pick up some pencil score by somebody I didn't know you know these are all very famous composers I found out later it was recently and uh, would copy out the parts overnight <clears throat> As- Indian ink on acetate 90p a page if you make one mistake you scrumple it up you start again right gosh so I'd work all through the night on this stuff Les Miserables Miss Saigon um, I, I wrote out the music to Crime Watch theme <laughs> which was recorded the next day uh, things like that it was a bizarre time and um but that got me into all sorts of things. Of course, having the choral background, I did some singing at St Paul's and Southwark and Westminster, did some debt work there. Not not full-time, but just helping out and just of starting the plate spinning on all these bits and pieces. So it's that kind of varied background, which is really... Yeah. <coughs> excuse me. And which is really that sort of gives you that, I guess from an arranging point of view, you hear so much, you see so much, you're exposed to so many different things. I suppose that gives you a... I don't know, an, in, an insight which is hard to gain any other way, really. Maybe, yes. And maybe it's given me a love of the different genres of music and, and a little bit of a perception as to how those types of music should be done yeah. and not watered down. And So how did you get involved with Young Voices? How did that all come about? OK, well, through various contacts in London, I was um, 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 working and uh, we shared a flat with a wonderful conductor called David Lawrence um, who is a singer as well and um, so we kept in touch uh, he's godfather to one of my children and um, 18 years ago he get, he called me up and said um, there's a vacancy with this with this work that I'm doing it's, it's called Young Voices and I said well oh that's wonderful um, um, so would you like to be the MD sort of arranging and stuff yeah sounds amazing but I can't do Tuesdays because um, I have a chamber choir <laughs> I didn't quite understand the scale of the thing <laughs> He, tell, he, he laughs at that story, even today, uh, as much as possible. Um, yeah, and so um, I got this. Uh, he, he basically um, uh, suggested me for the job, and 
we've been working on it together ever since. It's a real collaboration. Amazing. And ways. and it has that sort of family feel, like you say, that sort of collaboration and all working together. And we were just sort of chatting before we started recording about the, the fact that it's a real family thing for, for everybody involved, you know, from the teachers and the resources that they have to the, the, yeah. the, the great experience for the kids and the parents who come to work. Well, the company itself is owned by a family, the Lewis family, headed up by David, who is an amazing entrepreneur and um, visionary, I think, and a, a risk taker because he once chartered 24, this is the legendary apocryphal story, chartered 24 jumbo jets to take the largest male voice choir from Wales to New York. Gosh. It didn't quite come off. I think he lost everything, but then built up from scratch. But he always had this amazing vision of having lots of people sing together, you know. And and, and so Young Voices is now what it is. We've, the first tour I <coughs> was on was simply a week. I think it was four or five concerts, one in each city. I think it was Sheffield, Birmingham, Manchester, Newcastle. I think we went to Belfast as well. Wonderful place called the Odyssey there. And the children in Ireland sing like like you, like you wouldn't believe. Um, and um, that was it. It was a week. And now we're a week in each venue. Yeah. And then that's probably more than that. It's flopping over into two weeks. I mean, seven days in London, seven in Birmingham, I think. So it's wonderful to see that's obviously people who are liking it, talking to other people and saying, try this. And then other people are saying, we, we can do that too. And then I mean, all, a lot of the schools around here, there's, I don't think there's a hardly a school around here that isn't doing Absolutely, it. Absolutely. In all the yeah. villages, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I'm so proud. I look up at the concerts and see the flag. Oh, I know those guys. Hi, give us a wave. They're yeah. down the road, you know. Yeah. And, and I feel very proud about it. And, and what do you think that magic is? What is it that, that draws everyone in? Not I, enough just to have one experience, I but hope to have multiple ones. I hope, I hope it's a lot of things. I hope, because we do try and improve our experience year on year. And I hope it's I hope it's a combination of all sorts of things. We're passionate about. I'm passionate about the children's experience, not just the concert, but the the whole appreciation of music as a whole and the getting into it, the sharing of it together. I want them to be excited when they hear the music pack. So this learning music pack, like this, is kind of the template had been set up for me because I didn't do the first three years, and so I listened to the previous one, and there was some really good arranging on there. You know, some 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 carefully worked out long medleys of stuff, with which, which flowed from song to song. I'd done some medleys before within a wonderful group I'd I'd been involved with called the Methodist Association of Youth Clubs uh, Orchestra and Singers, um, which takes almost as long to say as you as you as you do to actually you yeah. know, write <laughs> some stuff for them. But they wonderful old friends as well and a brilliant experience. Um, and the concept of the medley had had been had been suggested to me by the pre- my predecessor from there as well, and um, the medleys are great because um, if somebody doesn't like a song, it's only a minute until the next one, and if you love that one, there's this kind of excitement that runs through. Oh, is this one? A couple of years ago, we did uh, put Adele "Hello" in the pop medley, and every time it's, those chords came in, there was this. Oh, I love this one. I love this one. You could hear yeah. the excitement, and I I am hoping that that. It, that excitement and that discovery and that shared experience is happening right from day one in the schools when the teachers put on the CD for the first time and the kids go, oh, this sounds amazing. Or, oh, I love this one. I know how this goes. My brother this, my dad, da 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 yeah. And so that, that shared excitement, that sort of family experience gets shared around. We want the, I want the teachers to feel totally comfortable with all the resources we give them. Um, there are always a few little odd moments that crop up. <clears throat> Lyrically, particularly in the pop songs, I try and steer clear of <clears throat> anything controversial. 
Well, there's a lot of that out these days. So you have to tread very, very carefully. And that's a nightmare. But they want... The kids know the songs already. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kids teach the, teach the teachers the pop stuff. But you still have to be saying, look, we're, we've got the lyrics, here they are. You're being responsible for something which they are being led to do. Um, so I want the teachers to a be happy with the way we put all the music and the, um, the resources we give them. And if they're not particularly musically trained, we want to give them uh, the resources in ways they can understand. So we give them notes, helpful ideas. We run workshops for not the musical and not so musical teachers to give them ways into training the choirs, to improving their experience, to helping them with their head voice, um, to helping them with tuning, to helping them with learning the words, all sorts of things. Um, and I'm passionate about the parents coming as well and, you know, uh, knowing that they're in safe hands with the variety of music we give them and with the experience we give them at the end. So I want the parents to come and say, wow, we've been to the O2, we've seen an amazing show. So the lighting, the stage design, the artists that we get to work with the kids, hopefully we're, we're trying to improve that year on year on year so that no one falls through the net and says, oh, well, that wasn't worth it or that was rubbish. And so uh, maybe, hopefully, that uh, it's it's a little bit, without having planned it, like the you know, that, um, those... The cyclists who to think on every little aspect and try and improve it every, yeah, you know the, the aerodynamics, the the food. I think by just because of our passion, we just try and improve every little aspect of this if we can. And uh, even throughout the tour, we start day one. We've done dress rehearsals. We've done two days of rehearsing with the band, and the, we're trying to get it all together. After day one, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. Then. Day two, we have a long meeting the next morning, and every day for the next two or three weeks, we assess the show. We try and we hone it, we, uh, we advance it. So if you come to the show at the end of the tour, hopefully it's we've learned from things that have happened, and it's it's still a good experience. You know? Yeah, and that's a great thing for everyone to understand, isn't it? It's that kind of organicness of everything, that you know, this isn't what we're after. We're after a better learning experience. We're after improvement. We're after trying to see what works. And I think the kids yes. get that, that sense of, of everything yes. as well. It's really and, important. And, so, and then the end, the end result is basically eight, nine, 10, 11-year-olds being at a concert, which I never went to anything at that age. I never went to anything until I was 18. And, you know, some, and I didn't know what I was doing, you know, so... That, but to be to a live music experience of that size when you're that age, um, and yet you're the stars as well. I mean, yes. that's that's the that's the crux of it. Them to feel like they are the main event, <clears throat> and um, and uh, and then there's resources afterwards. You know, you can look online. There's always videos and DVDs, and hopefully that's recorded well as well. So there's another experience to be had later on when they're saying, "Wow, look at that! That was me." You know, um, and. Uh, and if they can do more than one year, then brilliant. You know, I think some schools can't do a lot of kids, or they can only afford one coach. Yes, that's year. right. Yeah. How there are schools that come with two hundred and eighty kids. How they do that, I have no idea. But they do. Some people send the entire school, and they're up there, and they have their enormous banner, and they give us a wave. And thank you so much. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's there's some schools that are taking every child through five times maybe yeah but there are others who you know we're year five and they can't wait to be in year five and i we've got to deliver that you know yeah. and we've got to deliver another rich enriching you know exciting musical experience where they're going to learn from it and hopefully give them the springboard to take a musical interest or even a career elsewhere sometimes we it's important that we um we try and involve young voices on the stage as well. It's not always possible because sometimes there's some brilliant artists who are almost as old as I am who are great working with kids. 
Um, uh, and, and and that's a wonderful experience too, where they see the interaction. Last year we had Natalie Williams, phenomenal at, at sort of at, at interacting with the kids and they tried a bit of scat jazz and, and you know, impromptu stuff and each night was slightly different and that's a great experience too and the band enjoy that too. Yeah, I mean, I mean certainly as a parent who's who's been to an, a concert and, and the events, it is that kind of, you can tell the relationship between yourself and the band and... The children performing and the and the the teachers um, performing and being there as well is mm. the fact that I know as a professional musician to have a limited amount of time with that amount of people to get it to all come together during an afternoon rehearsal yes. and an evening concert takes an awful lot of skill and an awful lot of understanding and and what sort of gave you the I don't know the the support to be able to do that is it your natural kind of ability to kind of get that across or is it sort of a bit just a big learning it's, curve really? well for me I think it's trying to get the the music pack. Um, it's a balance, isn't it? Uh, it's got to be varied. It's got to be challenging for those schools who have moved on and really want to do two-part, maybe even three-part harmonies and some some more tricky repertoire. Um, it's got to be basic enough for the schools who are there for the first time to feel like they can get on board and be part of it. Um, the moves and grooves that we add as well, that's that's, that's grown over the last four or five years with the wonderful street dancer Andy Instone from Urban Strides. Um, we try and make sure that they're accessible and and not impossible, and they work while they're singing as well. And there's, you know, uh, we always try and debate that, and make sure that's good too. Um, uh, the balance of the of the pack is really important. I lose sleep over it when I'm, you know, when I'm putting it together. I'm, I've got 2019 in my head now, yeah. and um, it's still there's lots of elements I need to sort out before. And I was going to say, I mean, how, how long does it take to put all all those resources together? You're sort of like you're talking 2019, so we're a year ahead of. Well, I used to start when I finished the tour. But that was like the second week of January. Now it's the second week of February. I have to start before Christmas. Right. For the year after yeah. that one. So, uh, <laughs> and then of course there's the whole uh, uh, process of copyright and clearance, and that is a quite a uh, difficult process with young voices. Those were very high profile, and as with every, as we have the smallest school, you have to be squeaky clean in terms of copyright clearance and having the licenses for everything. We have to have a license for the sheet music for the recorded demo, for the video we make on the day, for the existence of MP3s on websites, all that. Every single little bit has to be cleared. Yeah. And some publishers, for some reason, are not interested in 40,000 children learning their songs. Why would you not be interested in that? It baffles me. It's the biggest bugbear of this whole thing. And if I could sit those publishers around the table and try and get into their heads and say, guys, come on. You can benefit from this. Yeah, absolutely. We can all benefit from this. You know, <laughs> yeah. what is your problem? Um, but then we have we have very good professional people who do that, who are agents between the publishers. They know some of these guys, and some of it takes very quick. Yeah, yeah, it's very quick, and some of it isn't, and some of it you never get back. They just ignore you completely. And uh, I won't go into any details, but we're having a bit of a wrangle at the moment with with one particular piece of music uh, in the states, and um, it's so sad. It's so sad. Um, but you know, that's something we've got to cope with and do it properly. Because, you know, as I say, it doesn't matter how, how high profile you are uh, with music. You have to be, um, uh, seem to be doing the right thing. And everyone will benefit from the end if everyone is, is honoured. Yeah, know? absolutely. And you mentioned the States there. I mean, obviously, it's a massive um, organisation here in the UK. But th there is an international yes. element to it as well. Isn't yes, there? there have been Young Voices concerts in Germany, Trinidad and Tobago, South Africa and the states and the USA is just really just beginning to take off now so i think they've got 5 or 6 this year 
different cities near the New York area. That kind of is feeding out from there. Um, somebody doing some amazing work, you know, linking the schools, getting the schools involved. It's slow going again. It's just like when we started, you yeah. know, it's not it's not exploding. It doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't happen yeah. overnight. But there's enough interest, and I think uh, they've been really quality concerts, you know, as well. And um, they've come over here and they watch our concerts, and they they've taught they've talked to us a lot. You know, the setting up of it was really carefully done. And do they take the resources that you already have in place? Or? Some of them good, some of them are. Some of them I have to adapt. Um, I'm still involved in a sort of consult consultation role in helping them with their stuff. And so I choose a medley, and they said, "Well, we'd like we like this, but this song doesn't work with us." I said, "Well." It's very important to be in there. You can't just hoik it out. And then if you stick it together with you musical Yoohoo, yeah. everyone's going to say, what was that? Um, so uh, the, the skill now is to try to find really suitable uh, substitutes for those songs that make it seem like it was done like that all along. And I, again, I'm passionate about that. I don't think we can just like you know, lock, stock and barrel, chop stuff up. And, but you have to change spellings, of course, and sure. some things they don't understand. And But uh, by and large, it's working okay. And then this year... Um, we've chosen some stuff from scratch that work with both uh, both teams. Um, that's an ongoing thing and a, a wonderful sort of partnership. And um, it's nice to still be involved in that. Although they'll have their own teams in terms of the band and the sure. and the musical leadership. Yeah, but it's it's nice when you've got a progression of something, especially something you've been doing for so long, isn't it? You sort of have your natural progression and improvement, like you said, over here, but to see it have a slightly different role, but see it just expand around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting, fun. and I really want to go over there maybe next year and um, and see what they're doing with yeah. it. Germany is exciting as well. Different, of course. You can't use so much... You can't just translate some of our stuff <laughs> into German and hope yep. it works. So uh, we had a couple of years there, and they, they've gone well as well. But um, I think they're taking a year off now, and... Um, uh, they'll be, you know, maybe trying again next year there because uh, there was, a, you know, some really quality stuff and some really good interest. I mean, a school from Hanover came and two years running, just came to our concerts. Right. Just to <laughs> flow over and said, we love this. Yeah. And it was because of them it uh, took off, which, yeah, is, which is a wonderful way for yeah. it to happen. Yeah. And there's also a charity element as well to, to, to Young Voices, isn't there? Yes. And, and tell me a little bit about that. Well, I don't know so much about the, the history of that, but um, we've had a number of charities involved. And, I mean, with so many people there each night, um, it's a good opportunity to link in with a charity, particularly to do with young people. So we were have Macmillan Cancer Care originally. Um, we've had Click Sergeant. We've, um, we've had uh, Nordoff Robbins, the wonderful music therapy group. And this year we've got the Teenage Cancer Trust, and um, you know there's bucket collections, a little a little short talk, and um, and then some more education about uh, you know young people who are not so fortunate as you. And there's always there's always a, a meaning behind that. There's always a, a, a worthiness to that. We have, I, mean, I don't know how we've done it, but we've raised millions of pounds for those charities as well as made a business run, and everyone and people are being happy with that. So. I'm fully behind that. How it links with the music is 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 um, is maybe not so obvious, um, but we used to do um, a, a a Click Sergeant concert at the Albert Hall, and um, we would have um, you know some children who were going through chemo or had been through a remission, and they were performers and they'd sing songs about their experience. Yeah, and that's you know incredibly moving, and you know very humbling, and to be involved in that as well. Good stories and. Um, a good positive sort of sharing of of a different aspect of life, which which makes it 
the whole thing seem you know important absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely and being able to yes. sort of see the the world as a whole and, and how it affects people in different ways i think and music can do that music can say things that words can't you know you can get experiences from music and underlying feelings and thoughts can be expressed and a, and a shared experience can be a healing one as well as all sorts of things, yeah. you know, and and I think that's really important, and that's that's the reason I wanted to do this season specifically through the podcast. Is as a musician, I know this is what I experience mm. every day, and um, and for those people listening that just think, oh, but it's just we haven't got the time, the the curriculum's a bit squeezed, and we haven't got the money and all that sort of stuff. It's not just about doing another subject; it's about mm. something you can't quite quantify in that same way, which is, I guess, part of the reason why the curriculum has changed somewhat because the the, the lack of being able to quantify it is a hard thing to to put on any kind of table. Yes. But but I. I do encourage anyone who has the chance to just to make it an integral part of their school. It's such an important thing and, and something that every child gets so much out of. It's, it's an amazing we experience. Hope, we hope so. We do really, we really do. So we talked a little bit before we started recording about your zero to five-year-old songs <laughs> that you have. With, so um, tell, me, tell, tell, tell me a little bit about, about that and how maybe some of, the, some of the children that would be involved in Young Voices who've got younger children maybe who might have. be interested I in that kind know. of thing. I'm a bit more background for this. So this is um, an old friend who, who set up and um, saw an opportunity um, in the preschool kind of music group franchise thing. It's a thing I wasn't sure I knew was there. Um, there's been all sorts of companies dealing with this. And I think the perception was that it got a bit old and tired and that people were using various quite naff arrangements of nursery rhymes and it was time to move on from there a bit maybe. So he commissioned me to write some songs. I've ended up writing 125 Gosh. songs. I think... Uh, there may be another CD on the way but I can't for the life of me think of anything to write about now because <laughs> the sound of scraping barrels was the loudest sound in the last two years um, when trying to find ideas for these but they're little silly songs about you know dodgems and eating and um, going on journeys and trips and waking up going to bed and, and family and swings and faces uh, I know think anything hopefully um, <laughs> and um, the, it was aimed at three to five year olds some silly songs and some fun stuff with with actions and and so uh, I simply wrote the songs didn't know what what the people going to do with them necessarily and some the people who have taken on Moo Music as a job have done some amazing things with them they've they've built props and they've they've thought up actions and they shared them online to this big Facebook book group and they're very that I love that as well there's a family element to that which yeah. kind of grows from the internet which is wonderful as well and they really help each other it's a very positive thing and um and seeing it grow as well there's lots and lots of people doing new music out there up and down the country and that's international too and um and occasionally I drop into a to a group without knowing and see how they're using the songs yeah and um and the kids are excited from an early, another younger age um about about music um and about what music can do and how important that can be as part of your life yeah and so um there we go so there's that that age group and and to go almost full circle for any teachers that are listening that uh, enjoy their singing beyond young voices you oh. do you do an awful lot of community choirs and that kind of thing and 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 so tell us a little bit about that and how important that right. is for for teachers yes. and people in the community that enjoy singing well, by a happy accident i started to run a choir in milton Keynes 10 years ago um i was involved in a adult singing for fun group which then evolved and group added to another group and and 
So that's been going for quite a while. And of course, you write resources, and but you put them in a drawer. You can't do anything with them because you you have no copyright clearance for things like that. Um, but all the time I was thinking, well, if we got the copyright clearance, we could put this online and other choirs could share this as well. So we're at a t stage now where we've got some good people involved in helping us with the publishers and, and agents. They know who to talk to, how to talk about it, what to say. It's all very, you know, technical, that side of stuff. Yeah. And um, so um, in January, we're launching a new website called choircommunity.com. And this is not just for community choirs. It's for school choirs. Uh, it's for church choirs, choirs in the workplace. Any choirs, we're licensed for the UK, and there'll be hopefully some really useful and worthwhile choral arrangements, mainly a cappella. There's Gittica Partington, who's been doing it for longer than I have, and Richard Salt, who's been doing it for twice as long as she has. <laughs> and they've had um, all these songs stuck in a drawer and on their heads, and now we're getting them on paper. We're getting, um, there's a, the, each song will have a full set of learning MP3 tracks sung with your, with your part, because a lot of community choirs, we know they don't read music, and they get taught by ear. And so, and those mp3s themselves have their own license and clearance and so you and you can't buy them unless you tell us how many you want right so how many are in your choir and there's a certain minimum number there so we're appealing to people's sense of right and wrong about copyright clearance and hopefully educating people but also giving them hopefully the main thing giving them exciting resources and getting some great music out there and um, um enabling something to happen which maybe some people haven't thought could happen um, and uh, there's all these big companies out there online, but the choral thing is a bit sort of sidelined by them. And you look at it, you buy something, and you think, well, it's either costing me £2.90 a copy, which I can't do, or it's a bit shoddily put together, and I don't know if this is going to work with my choir. But so we've got resources, hopefully, which will say, well, here's a demo of it, here's an MP3, um, here's your PDF, here's a little sort of excerpt. If you like the sound of this, it's going to cost you 50p a copy. How many people in your choir? Right, that's 20 quid. And here's some learning tracks for an extra five. And I th hope that's doable. Um, I'm sounding like a bit of a salesman here. I'm not sure what I was <laughs> no. going to be. Um, but, um, and, the, and the potential there is great because we want to widen that community. And I know lots of other arrangers there who've got stuff and they can come to us with their stuff. And we can give them a page and they can benefit from this too. But it's all got to be done properly. Yes. We've had a lot of refusals. People say, no, you can't put that on there because we own it and we don't want you to do anything with it fine but hopefully some people are saying that and um and we'll see how it how it goes but we're excited about that as a prospect because it seems to be a little bit new it seems to be needed yes it seems to be a something a resource that people have been looking for for a while and haven't found and hopefully if they're looking they will find us i have no idea how to get it out there we've got a few people signed up um, through a Facebook and Twitter link, but then that's it's a sort of new thing to us as well. Yep. So we're learning as well. And, yep. um, again, it'll be a family thing. It'll be a community thing. I think that's the way I love things to work. I did a, a concert with my community choir on on, on Saturday, and um, I think it was the seventh or eighth Christmas concert we've done, and that's a that's a wonderful family occasion. And they were excited about that. You know, those people don't normally get to get to perform. They've didn't know they could sing some of them you know yep. and there they are singing in harmony and um and um singing to their to their family and friends as well and that's that's a wonderful thing and i think that's it i think it's it's that passion for music which 
comes from you, which I think obviously just spills into everything that you do and comes across. And I think any of you that are um, going to be at a Young Voices concert or part of any of these community events over the, over the next few weeks um, in early um, 2018, just really enjoy yourselves. And I, and I hope this conversation has given you a little bit of an insight and a, a behind-the-scenes look of, um, of exactly the person that you're, you're, who's conducting you and, and being part of it. And, yeah. um, and, and just really enjoy yourselves and make the most of it. One thing I could say, I don't know if this helps you, Mark, maybe you're thinking that's a horrendous thing to say, but um, if anyone has any questions to me about the Young Voices or about has flagged up from this conversation that I haven't quite covered, then could they send them in? Absolutely, yeah. and then we could sort of we could answer questions. Maybe have another session in a few months' time. That would be fantastic. Down the road, absolutely, and yes, then we yes. can sort of you know go a bit deeper into it and. Um, that, that'll be fantastic. So um, all the links and all the bits of information will be on the show notes. So that's educationonfire.com. Um, and just in the search bar, just write Young Voices and um, and everything will come through. Send me an email at mark at educationonfire.com with any questions you have or any comments or anything related to that. And that'll be a fantastic thing to do. We can meet up and, and talk through those things and have a real sort of dialogue about that, which I think would be brilliant. I look forward to that. Fabric, thanks so Great. much for your time and I really You're appreciate so it. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.